What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. If you didn't notice, this episode has come out just a week after our last one because we are now putting out episodes weekly instead of bi-weekly, so expect more episodes, more content, and expect a little bit more info about what all is going to be happening with Dog Mom Mentality here soon. Um, some fun things coming out. Um, I've already talked about a little bit about the, the journal I'm developing, but also there will be some other things coming out. So be on the lookout for that, probably on my Instagram. But anyways, it has been excellent weather here this past week. Um, actually, now it's raining here in Kentucky, but up until this point, the past week has been like super sunny, super good weather. It was even 72 out yesterday, so it was really nice. And this nice weather makes me want to get outside, move my body, get the sunshine all up in my face. I love it. So I hope it's been like that for you all as well, but if not, I hope some good weather is coming your way. So if you listened to last week's episode, you will know that this episode and the next two are all about how dogs have inspired career paths and businesses, which I think is a very interesting way how dogs can emotionally affect us. And I'm kind of going through that same thing as well. You know, Layla has affected me and inspired me and has motivated me to to put out a tool and a product to help others uh, like like how I have kind of helped myself from her um, emotionally affected me and going through some frustration but also times of like joy and appreciation with her so that is the journal I am putting out I plan on doing a IG live or a post or something here soon to go a little bit more in depth about it and then also do a full podcast episode about that like I said this episode is the career series, I'm going to call it, and it is with Haley Young from Pause and Reflect. Haley just recently quit her copywriting job to pursue writing about dogs full-time, which I think is so cool. It's like the dream job. So if you don't follow them on Instagram, you can find them at Pause and Reflect. She always has really insightful and thought-provoking content, but she also has a blog, which you can find at pauseandreflect.blog. Pause spelled P-A-W-S. So full full thing is P-A-W-S-A-N-D-R-E-F-L-E-C-T dot blog. And if you go there, there is a subscription where you can support Haley and also get a bit of more exclusive content. Um, I believe it's $5 a month. I think that is what I pay, but you can also pay more, I do believe. So Haley is an amazing writer. She's very insightful, very thought-provoking, like I said, and super knowledgeable. And so she shares a lot of her experiences. So if you feel compelled to, to help her out and support her, you can find the support section on her blog. 
To give you a little more insight into today's guest, Haley and her Australian cattle dog Scout currently live in Florida and plan to start van life next year along with Haley's fiance Sean. Scout was found as a stray around Thanksgiving three years ago and described by the shelter as shy but sweet. They celebrated her official adoption in January of 2019. And while her fear-based dog reactivity has been a huge part of their journey together, today their biggest focus is on play and overall confidence. Haley recently transitioned from her 9-to-5 copywriting job to being her own boss and starting a career inspired by Scout and many other dogs. Haley has now been on this podcast. This will be her third time, so she is definitely a fan favorite, if you can't tell. Um, But I feel like everyone just loves her. She is such a kind and sweet person. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you all today. But before we get into that, we are going to do our happies and crappies. I decided to do something a little different this time, and I asked Haley, our guest, for her happies and crappies this week. But first, I will go through mine. I think my happy for this week has just been the overall weather. Like I said, it's super nice. Spring is definitely my favorite season, so I'm super pumped about it. My birthday's in the spring. Bobby's birthday's in the spring. I feel like overall, it's just like the happiest time of the year for me and I just am also like coming to where I feel like the journal stuff that I've been doing and developing on it I've been doing research calls and like getting really great feedback and so all of that coming together has also just put me in a fabulous mood. My crappy for this week is not really anything specific but just like the things on my to-do list so I feel like I don't have like a true crappy it's more of just like the monotonous time-consuming things that I just like need to get done on my to-do list so like chores and I don't know spring cleaning different things like that so I guess I don't have a true crappy which I guess is nice. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's a good sign that I'm in like the up and up and like on a on on like, you know, peak of life type of thing. So yeah, good, good for me, I guess. (laughs) So I asked Haley her happies and crappies and her crappy was Scout having her third seizure. So Scout is a little bit older. Um, She is four or five, I think. And so they're always really difficult to watch and she finds herself worried they'll get more frequent. So that was her crappy. Um, She did give an update about uh, Scout's seizure on her Instagram, and I believe she also has a blog post about that. So if you are interested in learning about that and uh, what signs she has seen in Scout, you can go check that out there. But then her happy was how quickly we all bounced back and getting to see her absolutely ooze with confidence in a coffee, coffee shop the day later. So Scout is a pro at being a coffee shop and patio dog, I must say. Um, But it's so nice to see that after the the seizure happened, they quickly bounced back. They got some cuddles. Um, I saw on her Instagram story that Scout was out playing in the backyard and chasing squirrels. So it's good to see that that Scout's feeling back to normal. I hope you all are enjoying this series of dog-inspired career paths and businesses. So we are going to get into today's episode with Haley.
It is no secret that we all get stressed out sometimes and I will be the first to say that sometimes I get stressed because of my dog. Whether it's we're out for a walk and something happens or somebody runs up to us or maybe I just have a lot of meetings throughout the day and then Layla is being super needy so I get very overstimulated. I feel like we've all had those moments. When this happens, I like to have a little routine where I light a candle or do some aromatherapy. Maybe I'll get my journal out and ready to write. And then I grab my phone and go to the Open app. Open is a mindfulness studio and app that features a variety of classes in meditation, yoga, Pilates, and breathwork. Right now, my favorite is the breathwork. You can filter it to be the time of day. So maybe in the morning, I will do some breathwork or a meditation to give me more energy. And then at night, I will do something that calms me down a little bit. I especially love it because it is so aesthetically pleasing to look at and they also have new classes uploaded every day. One of the coolest features is that you can do a live class and invite a friend and you can do the class virtually together. I would love if you joined me on the open app and you can get a 30-day free trial using my code DMM30. You can find them by searching on the app store open-a-mindfulness-studio or go to their website, go.o-p-e-n.com slash dmm30. And of course, the links to all of this are in the show description. If you do decide to join, please make sure to use my code dmm30 for a 30-day free trial. Hello, Haley from Pause and Reflect. I've I've talked to Haley before. It's been a really, uh, it, that was a really great episode. It was on having a growth and open mindset and being open-minded to all the possibilities that, that you will encounter while you have a dog. And today we have her back to talk about dog-inspired career paths and businesses, which she's newly embarking on. So welcome Haley. If you want to tell us a bit about you and Scout and how you all are doing. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. Um, We're, we're doing great today as we're recording is two weeks um, since I completely started this thing on my own. My last day at my previous job was December 16th. And then we traveled home for the holidays and it just felt like a holiday vacation. And, you know, I wasn't feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm all the way out on my own now. And so then it was last week, Monday, that I finally was home alone. Sean had gone into work. It was the new year. You know, like we were back from vacation. Everything was quote unquote back to normal. And it was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I'm doing for a living now. Um, So feeling super new. It's been a ton of transition. This past month has been crazy full of transition between the trip and travel. And then of course, everything with work, but we're doing well. Scout's sunbathing on the porch right now. She's living her life. So all is good. Living her best life in Florida. Was she excited to get back to the cold weather? Cause I know you went to Wisconsin for like the holidays. Yeah. She is a complete wimp and has forgotten that she was from Wisconsin originally. Um, (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, she shivers now. So the coldest it gets here 
I mean, we've only been here for a year and a half, so Florida natives don't hate me if I'm getting this wrong. Um, but so far, the coldest it's really gotten like regularly is like 45 to 50 in the early mornings, um, which is like not that cold. Like we were from Wisconsin. I adopted Scout during the polar vortex of early 2019. Like our first bathroom breaks were literally like so cold that work and school were being canceled. So she, like you'd think she could handle it. Um, but she shivers now if it's below like 50, like we'll get up for a, a morning run. And if we don't put her little jacket on her, she actually shivers. It's pathetic and adorable, but yeah. So she, she got used to it as we were there, but we rotated between two different jackets and sweaters and like, she actually needed them. Like I felt a little silly, but she a hundred percent required clothing to feel fully comfortable. That's hilarious. Especially because, um, your parents have like a husky, right? Oh yeah. And so that's probably just a big snow dog um, and loves all of that. Doesn't need, <laughs> you try to put a jacket on, on it. It's probably like, Mm-mm. we love. Oh, the yeah. Yeah. She was laying in the snow. Like you, we could not get her to come inside the whole time we were there. And meanwhile, like, like Scott was happy if we were playing with her. Like, it's not like she, tried to get back inside all the time as long as something fun was happening but like by the end of our walk she would just be looking at me and like lifting up her paws on the ice and yeah she's she's a Florida dog now so happy to be back in the sun poor girl that's so funny (laughs) I saw a TikTok or a video the other day and it was of a husky laying in the snow and the owner was piling snow on top of it and it was just so content That is so good. It was, it was really funny. So let's get in. I I know. So let's get into like the meat of the question. So yeah, you have had a career in writing and is that what you went to college for? What I went for marketing and graphic design, um, which I, I always enjoyed writing, but I was Mm kind of trying to, you know, that whole, like you're a senior in high school and everyone's telling you to get real. Um, Yeah. So I was like, marketing, like I like to be creative, like I can combine it in this way. So then I started at my job as an account coordinator, but pretty quickly moved into a copywriter position. So like, didn't exactly go for like, you know, literature writing, Mm -hmm. um, but always knew that that was the goal of the path, just in a little bit more of like a business minded sense. Okay. That makes sense. So can you share how you started writing and posting about your experiences with Scout? Was it like the blog first, Instagram? Like how, how did you manage all of that? Yeah. Um, so actually mentioning my parents Husky again, it's perfect that you brought her up going way back. We got her five years ago now during my second year of college. Um, and she was the first dog that kind of opened the world of training to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in an extreme way. I mean, I still did not know so, 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 so many things. Yeah. But she was the first dog who, you know, I never really like thought about training or any of this with our family dogs. They stayed at our house. They hardly ever went anywhere. Like we loved them, but it just, I don't know. I had never considered so much of the rest of this world. So long story short, Snort kind of got me thinking about this. She was shy. She wasn't like our family dogs. I started learning more and more. I joined a bunch of Facebook groups. Um, 
kind of started following some people in the dog Instagram space. And so then when I adopted Scout all on my own, I knew that I was really excited to be a part of this online space that I had started to discover. And then the, the primary motivation was that I knew I was really excited about training. I wanted to learn. Snort had kind of like, uh, you know, I was bitten with the bug with her, but I never actually lived with her full time. Like I spent yeah. one summer when I had an internship and I was at my parents' house. Um, so I was so excited to learn with Scout and I knew I wanted to talk a bunch and share a bunch and that I didn't really want to force all of my personal Instagram and Facebook friends to deal with that. Um, of course. So, so <laughs> it initially started with the Instagram and really the goal was just like, here is a space where anyone who's on it is opting in. So I can post as much about my dog as I want to. And like, I'm not going to be, you know, pissing off so-and-so from college who wants to stay connected to me, but like didn't sign up for 10 dog photos a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how it started. It was the Instagram first. We had that for over a year. And then um, I got really sick of the character limits really quickly. I hit the character limit in all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. I literally write things in a word counter app now so that I can keep track of it. Um, And that's really how the blog came to be then was I had all of these things I wanted to say and I couldn't get enough nuance out on Instagram. And I felt like my thoughts were getting bigger and more complex and just really wanted a different space. So Sean pushed me, helped me set that up. And that was, let's see, like a year and a half ago now, I think it was after we moved down to Florida. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I, I actually didn't realize that it was Instagram and then the blog. I don't know why, but I was just thinking that you kind of started on your blog and then moved to Instagram. Maybe that's uh, just because like, that's how some other people have done it. Um, But yeah, that's, that's news to me. So I really like that. So it started just because you wanted to do so much with training and not really like, did you, did you know that scouts reactivity was going to come into play and be a part of so much of the training that you end up talking about and end up like reflecting on in your posts? I should have, uh, but I did not until like two weeks after I had her. Um, So initially I had this like really rosy vision and I had started to learn some, you know, like with my family's Husky and just in general being involved in the quote unquote dog world a bit. And I had this vision that I was going to have like the perfect dog, like, look at me, like, I know these things and I'm excited to learn more, but what can go wrong? Mm -hmm. I literally handled her from the first day I came home. Like I thought I was doing all the right things, right? Um, There was like this one Facebook or Facebook training group that I'm not a part of anymore. Actually, as time went on, I, they're they're just like a little too narrow-minded for me, but I was super into that in the beginning. I followed like all of their files. Like I was trying really, really hard. I should have known it would be a thing because the shelter said that Scout needed help. And I quote, gaining confidence around new dogs. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, like, so she's shy. She's shy with people too, but she warmed up to me and my family really quick. Like, this is no big deal. It'll be fine. Um, when they had tested her with other dogs at the shelter, she had one like green interaction where she let the dog sniff her. Um, but like was showing very fearful body Mm -hmm. language, like didn't want to interact. And then she actually had like one of the tests at the shelter. She reacted to the other dog. Mm -hmm. was like, I don't want you in my space. So this was before I adopted her. So in hindsight, I should have known. I should have been able to put those pieces together. Like they gave me that info. And I was just like, you'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll adjust whatever. Um, 
And then two weeks after I had her, she got attacked by another dog on a walk. So like, she didn't know me yet. Like mm-hmm. I had picked her up from stressful shelter, brought her to new apartment. Um, yeah. So that, that really came into play. Like I remember making the post about it where I was trying so hard to not make a big deal of it at first. Like that was the advice I had been given was like, if your dog's afraid of other dogs, like just don't make a big deal. And so then even after that dog pinned her to the sidewalk, I was trying to like, like, this is fine. No big deal. And then pretty much a switch flipped and she started reacting to dogs a bunch. And I, I remember making the post where I was like a few days ago, a dog attacked her on our walk and now I'm seeing this and like, yeah. And then of course that was the, it became such a huge thing because really quickly I was shown that that was not something I could just not make a big mm-hmm. deal about. Like have yeah. it fixed. Like she was already scared, had this traumatic experience. And like, now we were like, we were in the weeds, like yeah, for the time sure. to not make a big deal of it had passed. Um, so long story short, I should have known, like I should have realized that that was a very real possibility. I didn't initially, but pretty quickly it showed up and then became a focus. So in like all of the Facebook groups that you were in, were you reading of other dogs reactivity? Like, did you know what like those behaviors were like and how people were handling them? A little bit. Um, the group I was in kind of treated like all forms of reactivity pretty similarly. And I definitely hadn't like gotten myself into a larger range of perspectives Mm -hmm. at that point yet. Like I was kind of like, you know, just very green and a little naive. Um, And there were some great dogs and great people in this group. And I was just like seeing these people with their dogs. And I was still kind of of the mindset of like, oh, if I do what you do, my dog will be Be like your dog. Mm -hmm. Um, which of course is not true. Like as we learn more and we realize that there are genetics and like our lifestyles are fundamentally different and all of these things I could go on and on and on about. Yeah. So I, I sort of was seeing some things, but they had an approach that was basically like, again, like don't make a big deal of it. Don't yeah. let your dog know that you are scared. And like, if your dog walks past another dog and doesn't react, don't make a big deal of it. That's expected behavior. And like yeah. stuff that didn't, you know, that is not, um, did not become the meat of our training journey. But like, I knew reactivity was a thing. I knew it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't thought about it that deeply. And of course, now my perspective on it is like, totally different and way yeah. more convoluted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like funny, oh. because I before getting Layla, like I knew that like, dogs would bark at other dogs on your walk and like they might pull some if they get like excited or whatever but like the term reactivity was not in my vocabulary it's something that I quickly had to learn about to to navigate life with Layla at some points and yeah it's it I like I didn't even know that dogs barking at one another could come out from like a place of fear. I didn't know that that was like a thing. So I think it's, it's something that you should think about or should be at least like a little bit educated on prior to getting a dog, especially like your first dog, just because you don't know what's going to happen. Like I remember having a friend once who, this was way, way in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. like maybe even just a week after Scout had been attacked, I hadn't even had her a month. And I was telling one of my 
friends how sad I was because we had mm-hmm. come around a blind corner near our apartment and there had been a dog there and Scout had reacted and like she used to very big reactions. Like it's so silly to me sometimes to think about the things that will make me sad today. Like mm-hmm. I will get sad if she like huffs at another dog and you know, close to three years ago, it was insane, full blown episode. Yeah. Every single um, so I was long story short, I was telling this friend that I was really sad because the owner had said some not nice things. Um, and that it was just really making me sad because Scout was scared and she's a good dog. And like, I was so hurt that this person mm-hmm. had yelled at me and I was already stressed. And then my friend said, well, is she scared or is she aggressive? And I was like, well, she's scared, but that fear turns into a defensive display yes. where she barks at, at like, I, I ended up using an analogy where I, I was like, she's like a porcupine. She's puffing up because mm-hmm. she's scared, scared, but she looks spiky. Yeah. Um, and that was a moment for me where it really clicked how many people, d- just like what you said, like how many people don't realize the emotions mm-hmm. that reactions can come from. Like Scout is not, that is an inaccurate label. Yeah. And to, you know, to this friend at the time, it was just like, well, is she scared? Like, is she cowering mm-hmm. or is she growling? And like, wasn't seeing that, you know, all of the overlap. Um, yeah. So yeah that, that really hits home. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like, I love to think about dogs reactions and people's reactions just because some people, their defense mechanism is to try to fight back with you. My defense mechanism is to like go take a nap and not talk to anyone. <laughs> like, I'm like, get me in my shell. I'm not confrontational. Some people, they get scared and then they automatically have to, you know, one up you to, to make themselves yeah. feel better. Like that's, you know, that's sometimes if, if you're having a hard time understanding like how a dog feels in those situations, I always try to relate it back, back to myself or back to humans. So, okay. Off topic. (laughs) We always do this. Oops. I know. Right. Okay. So Uh, moving on, did you find it cathartic or helpful when navigating life with Scout through, through writing it all down? Oh, absolutely. Um, Writing has always been that thing for me. Um, I mean, since elementary school, like we would have journaling time and I would write a bunch during that. And then during the other subjects. And then also at home, like, it's just, I don't remember a time where I didn't process things through words. Um, so that was really, really helpful just to be able to express it, to learn things, to try to put them in my own words. It was such a huge help. Um, but not, not necessarily like scout specific. Like I didn't, start writing because I was struggling with her reactivity. It was kind of like, that's just my, like, that is my coping mechanism Mm -hmm. life-wide. But of course, now I write almost exclusively about dogs, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, who would have thought? (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) Okay. So you are embarking on this new journey of quitting your nine to five, being your own boss, still very new at it, but how did you know that it was time to evolve your passion of writing mostly about dogs <laughs> into like from, from that hobby into a full on career? Yeah. Great 
question. Um, in hindsight, I think there were two parts to it. So one is just that I couldn't stop and it was starting to consume more and more of my time during my actual work, work day, day. Um, that. which <laughs> is totally natural at some level. And I'm a huge believer in self-care and output over actual time spent. Like I'm not a big believer in like, oh, I have to be clocked in for exactly eight hours. Like I believe that, you know, there's more flexibility and, and my company was really, really great about that. Um, but it definitely was reaching a point where it was like, I'm struggling to stop thinking and writing about this dog thing to focus on this client meeting, which was mm -hmm. frankly unfair to my company. Like I absolutely love my bosses, love my coworkers. It was not an easy thing to leave. Um, so I had some guilt about like my mind and my heart are a little bit elsewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is like, of course, that's not enough on its own. Like there are a lot of logistics to consider. So the second part of that was realizing that I could make it into a career. Um, Sean and I had talked like way back when we first started the blog about how cool it would be someday if like that's what we did. Mm -hmm. um, but of course there's so much nervousness associated with that. And like, is it gonna work? And like, we have mm -hmm. to have food on the table and like all of these things. And so then it was realizing that we had created a subscriber section of the blog, but I had never like promoted it to this day. I've never like directly shared the page and said like, you can support us. Like, it just feels weird to me. I'm not quite there yet. Um, but we had just like quietly added the section to the site and like a few of the articles like were for subscribers only. And as it started to grow and grow, even as I was still working my other nine to five, I was like, oh my gosh, if I put all of my resources into this, how much more quickly can I make it grow. And then mm -hmm. for Sean and I personally, like the goal has never been to start a big business or like scale anything. We really are just interested in what can we do to support the life that, that we'd like to live, which is a, a relatively simple one. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just realizing like, oh my gosh, like this is viable. And then that coupled with, I've been so distracted at work, clearly mm -hmm. my heart is in this. And maybe it can work. Um, and then I would be totally remiss to not mention the sheer amount of privilege that I had and have in being able to make that decision. Like Sean is still working mm -hmm. his nine to five engineering job. I was making less than a third of what he was making at his job anyway. So getting rid of my nine to five income is not like, you know, the hugest blow in the world. There's no way I would be doing this right now if it weren't for Sean and his support and so many things that so many people have done to help set me up for success. So right. I, I was really lucky that the timing worked out um, and that, you know, even, even though it's viable, like definitely, like I can certainly replace the income I was making. I just, mm -hmm. I feel like it would be remiss to act like, oh, if your heart's in it and you work hard enough, like it'll work like, out. That's like that's it. Yeah. 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 Like I am so, so, so lucky. And 80 some percent of this has like not been me being passionate or me working hard. It's been mm -hmm. a, a ton of luck. Um, but that's how the timing worked out. I was just so like, I, I just couldn't stop. I mean, like every time I talk to you, we could just talk about dogs forever, forever. because we love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally understandable. And I think it's, it's really good that you recognize that privilege and, and you, you spoke about it just now because that's a piece that 
that's like a very humbling piece that I feel like some people don't hear about as much when they're doing this huge transition into like an entrepreneurship type aspect of their life. And so like, you know, people will, will remember that you were distracted at work and you're, it's not that you hated your job. It's just that you were so much more like drawn to the dog stuff. And so you just naturally, your mind wanders there, totally understandable. And I think people will, will remember that, but that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just really glad that you brought up the, the privilege. I think it's, that's been really huge for me. I mean, there was so much guilt feeling like I wasn't giving my company what they deserve from mm-hmm. me because my heart wasn't in it as much. And, and again, like you said, I, I love my job. Like I have only wonderful things to say about this company. Mm-hmm. I never would have left to like go to another agency. Like it was not an issue with the job. Um, there's no amount of money that they could have offered me to make me stay. Like once I made the decision to pursue right. this passion, like had nothing to do with them, everything to do with me. Right. Um, but yeah, just realizing like all of the pieces that have gone up, like, even though it's, it is viable and it, it is making an income. It's not fully replacing my income yet. Mm-hmm. Um, fingers, fingers crossed, of course, like that's the ideal situation, but yeah, there's just so much, there's so much else to it. Like, it's not like I was able to wake up one day and say like, cool, my heart is here and I'm going to work really hard and it'll be perfect. The uh-huh. only reason like, like, of course I've worked hard. I'm not trying to say that I'm like a, you know, lazy idiot or anything. It's just, it's so <laughs> important to me to, to acknowledge like the things that so many other people have done for me to make these last two weeks possible. Just, I, yeah, every, I probably I'm going to turn into a broken record and start annoying people pretty soon. But like, it feels so important to me to emphasize that like, yes, this is not because Haley is so great. Like, please, like, also that's a lot of pressure. Um, but we got really lucky things, things worked out that I could try this at this point in my life. Of course. Oh my gosh. I feel like that in itself is just, we could wrap it up there and be like, you know, that's, (laughs) (laughs) that it was just like emotionally charged. Like I got chills, not because I (laughs) might have COVID, but because of you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. You, you flatter me. Okay. So if someone, if someone came up to you and just was like, okay, what is this pause and reflect? Like I see you sometimes posting it on your personal account. Like, what would you say, especially because now it's, it's it, you know, it's, it's growing. Oh yeah. Oh, this is so good because I've answered this question about a million times in the past, you know, two or three months. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, pause and reflect is a blog where I share my personal journey, um, owning and training my cattle dog scout in hopes to encourage fellow dog lovers. Like that's kind of the thing, the sense of encouragement. Um, it's a, a largely selfish personal endeavor because it is so fulfilling to write about my dog. I'm combining Mm -hmm. dogs and writing, which have been two of my biggest passions you know, since I was single digits. Um, but then at a wider scale, I am hopeful as time goes forward. I haven't talked about this a ton yet. So this is, this is good for me to verbalize Mm -hmm. to people other than Sean. Um, For sure. I feel like 
sometimes there's a messaging gap in quote unquote dog world communication where there are a ton of trainers and there's a ton of owners and a ton of people who mean really well and have great intentions and are trying to do their best. And I think that sometimes it gets overwhelming. Like I remember, you know, who I was three years ago, I did not know up from down with yeah. so much of this information so much out information. there. So much. And so I'd really love, you know, like an impact outside of myself and just feeling fulfilled writing about Scout. Um, I love the idea of encouraging owners who are a little bit overwhelmed, trying to offer resources, not telling them this is right and this is wrong and you should do this because that just adds pressure to the yeah, for sure. situation. Um, but trying to lay out, you know, like, here are some things that I felt, here are some ways that we've navigated it. And like, here's my life with my dog. And it's my favorite thing when someone sends a message that, you know, I did this with my dog today because of you or just the gratitude. Reading. Yeah. It just, it's, I can't, I can't believe it. And so I guess in a weird way, all of this ramble to say that I'm sort of trying to create the voice that I wish I had heard three years ago. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like, I like getting into the nitty gritty of training, but also like, if you asked me one goal, it would just be to encourage people to spend time with their dogs, like, like above all else to figure out what things are mutually enjoyable. Yeah. So that's, that's what pause and reflect is. I mean, it's mostly the blog. I mostly foresee like writing, like written communication mm-hmm. is just really where I gravitate. Sean sometimes gets interested in other things and we'll see what he continues to bring to the table. He likes to pick like, he just can't sit still, um, like <laughs> mentally. So he's just like, oh, like this is my hobby now. And now I'm going to learn this. And now yeah. I'm going to learn this. And so like, we'll see what crazy thing he comes I up with. I love that he is so <laughs> a part of it. Oh, yeah. I love that. And just so supportive and everything. And while you were talking about that, I feel like one benefit that probably you, you have seen from this and that I recognize is that you indirectly help yourself because you are teaching others how to like be better with their dog and how to navigate that, which helps you because you see someone out on the street and they're like, Oh, you know, what if they saw my post? And so they're like actively working to better their dog or they, you know, saw my post about leash laws. So they're actively making sure that their dog is on a six foot leash, which helps me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, yeah, just so many, so many emotions about that. It's humbling and fulfilling. And then in a very direct way, helping myself this, okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to sound like this might sound narcissistic. Don't hate me world. (laughs) Sometimes I will read old things like there's a blog I wrote a while ago about how I handle getting frustrated with Scout and like that's Mm -hmm. not something that's ever gone away like I get frustrated with her a a ton less than I used to um like once in a while when I'm having a hard week like I go reread that blog and like remind myself or like I'll scroll back and find a post where I was devastated a year and a half ago um and it's so cathartic to like reflect on that past and then also mm-hmm. have past me reminding me of things because like I still forget these things all the time and so sometimes sure. a post comes up in memories that's like a year old and I'm like oh my gosh like I needed that yeah today. <laughs> I love that I I have done that before too <laughs> I I know exactly how you're feeling so with with the blog and 
all of Sean's crazy ideas that he, he might come <laughs> up with. Do you see like, what, what are some of the, the changes that you might be going towards or what are some of the goals that you have right now for pause and reflect? Yeah. Um, my, my biggest goal, my, like, if things work out better than I could imagine sort of scenario is to grow the subscriber section on our blog, um, to a point where that can support us. Like that's, that's the dream. That is a huge lofty dream. I feel like a child saying that out loud, but that is the dream. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is the space where I feel like I get to be most authentic. Um, there are no ads on the site. I've thought a lot about the user experience. I really, I really enjoy that. That's a space where I have full autonomy over what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like no other brand involved. Not that there's anything like wrong with that. Like I'm also interested in working with brands to be very, very clear, not knocking that just, I like this space where it feels like me and Sean, and we can have control over it and be authentic to us. Um, And if, if that could ultimately support us, you know, having enough people who see us and hear us and appreciate that, um, that would be fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. realistic that, you know, the odds of that happening, who knows, we're hopeful, we're, we're working at it. Um, the blog is definitely where my heart lies. Um, but also in the interim, um, doing some freelance work for companies in the dog space, like just writing for oh, how companies. Because awesome. um, I love writing. I have a huge background now of writing for a range of clients at my job. Mm-hmm. That's that was kind of my bread and butter, what I did. So shifting the tone and like getting the voice and all of that. Um, so fun to do that in the dog space. Um, okay. So I didn't know they, that you were, that you were freelancing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, um, you know, again, the goal is that I don't have to do that forever and that mm-hmm. quote unquote, like our own thing, um, can be the support, but it's such a great opportunity to have in the interim. Anything in the dog space is just makes me excited like getting to add a little bit of myself and scout into into that um and then I am I've been talking to more brands recently um I feel very protective of the space we've created on Instagram to the Mm -hmm. point where I like definitely have some trust issues it's almost akin uh, this is not a perfect analogy because I feel way more strongly about scout but it's not dissimilar to how I feel about her, where I'm so protective of our training and our progress that I am really, really, really picky about who I hand her leash over to. And like, if we're in a group class, like I, I directly went against things that one of our trainers in group class said, because I I think I remember (laughs) you talking about this before. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's like, again, I feel way more strongly about scout. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, to be really clear, just in case anyone's listening, I'm not saying I like yelled at the group class trainer. It's just like, he wanted me, he wanted <laughs> me like, to take out a leash pop. And I was like, I'm really happy with the decision she made. I'm not going to punish it. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a confrontation. Um, but long story short, that, that connects a little bit to how I feel about Instagram space. I'm, I'm actually quite proud of it. I feel really lucky to have had such a positive experience and I really want to make sure that it stays very authentic. So I've been talking mm-hmm. to more brands. I'm interested in doing partnerships, um, but it's taken a while for me to get comfortable investigating that space, partially just because I don't know much about it. Um, it's and so a lot to learn. New to it. Yeah. And I have so, so, so much to learn. Um, and then again, me just getting over like 
mentally and emotionally, I think sometimes it's easy to be unfair and to think like, oh, influencers, like that's so lofty and fake and like gross. And that's really an unfair way to think about it because there are so many people out there who would qualify as an influencer who are doing it in a completely authentic and wonderful way. Mm -hmm. And I just had to get my head around that. Like I was judging myself when I was thinking about working with brands. And then finally Sean asked me and he's like, how do you feel when some of your friends on Instagram work with a brand? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited for them. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm happy for them. And he just kind of looked at me and he was like, yeah, there you go. Like, you don't think that they're awful for doing this. So like, you shouldn't be afraid to do it. Um, Sean's like always <laughs> kicking you in the butt and like putting you oh, in the place. He, <laughs> he sure he shows no mercy and it is exactly what I need. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about Bobby. Sometimes I, um, I was working on building a website for myself and he goes, mm, no offense, but that kind of looks like you did it on Microsoft paint. Oh, no. like, oh gosh. Like, I know, I know it does. Like, I know it does. Like I, 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 I feel, feel you, like I understand where you're coming from because I also feel that way, but just the way that you said it, now I feel, <laughs> now I feel like I want to punch you in the face a little bit. Oh, that kills me. <laughs> so good. I know. Honesty. I know. So then I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to like play around with this a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's, that's so good. And we need it sometimes. It's funny. Like every once in a while, I'll tell a story about Sean to someone mm-hmm. who doesn't personally know Sean. Yeah. And I, for- I forget to give the appropriate context beforehand and I will watch their face and they will be like, oh my God, like Sean said that to you like how do I react to this and then I yeah. have to real quick be like no 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 no. like it's what I it's needed fine. like it was like yeah because like, um, he's he's the best but if I if I only tell you like a couple of quotes of things that he said it could totally paint the wrong picture for sure I remember there was one time too that um this was ooh, probably like a year back like almost a year or like around this time last year and Layla really hated the bath. So I was going to feed her in the bathtub, like no water or anything. Like I wasn't actually going to give her a bath, but I was just going to like feed her in the bathroom around the bath and she would not get in the bath. And she was like frustration barking, but I like was in the mindset that I was like, we have to do this. Like we have to do it. It was like, it wasn't an option for me. If she was frustration barking, like she wasn't, wasn't getting that, getting it, like what I wanted her to do. And Bobby had just gotten home from work and he comes up and he just goes, stop. Like what? He's like, stop. Like you're mad. She's obviously like really confused or frustrated, like just Uh stop. But in my mind, I was like, we have to do this because we have to like get it done so she can get used to the bath. And he was like, just stop. Like, you don't need to give her a bath. Like right now, like it's like, no offense, but you're annoying me. Like her barking's annoying me. Like just stop. Yeah, like, like, it's like, not helping either of you. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh. So then that was like, I love it. One of the things that like after that experience, I will stop if we're both frustrated and it has oh, helped yeah. us so much, but it was, I was just in that mindset where I was highly motivated to get things done but it was like I was so motivated that I like wasn't seeing in the moment that what we were doing wasn't even going to help us oh yeah uh it's those moments are 
so huge. I feel like Bobby and Sean would just totally hit it off. Um, I know. Like, I don't know. Can I, can I swear on the podcast? Is that, oh, like yeah, you're fine. Spotify? Okay. Okay. Um, like Sean was so not too regularly. Cause I like to think I don't make that drastic of mistakes often, but like once in a while, he'll look at how I'm interacting with whatever situation I'm in. And he will just tell me to cut the fucking shit, like straight up to my yeah. face. Like, <laughs> like I was mad because Scout was distracted by a squirrel once when we had like first moved down here. Um, and I was like, I literally ended up in tears on the sidewalk. It was not my best moment. Um, and he just looked at me, he's like, cut the fucking shit. And I was like, oh, okay, you're right. You're, good decision. Yep. Yep. It's like, okay, sometimes we just need that person in our life to be like, stop. Like, yeah, you, you need to get, move on, get over yourself. Uh-huh. And like, sometimes I need, need to so just hug me and like, be super nice and like, let me feel the emotions. <laughs> but it's also helpful. Like sometimes a harsher language actually helps me feel tougher where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like Sean is not coddling me. He's, he's talking to me like yes. I'm a fully competent adult who's in control. And it helps me remember that I am a fully yes. competent adult who's in control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good. For sure. We need that tough love sometimes. Okay. Oh yeah. Off the tangent. Circling again. back. <laughs> Circling back. Okay. Are there any like very specific things that you've had happen with Scout or have worked on with Scout that you want to, to write about and educate about. So I know like you cover just like a variety of things, but I guess a better way to put this question is like, if you had to just get one thing out, what would it be? Okay. One is hard. Well, you (laughs) (laughs) I have the actual worst at being concise in any way, shape or form. Um, No, I I totally get what you mean. I think one of the key things for me is very much the emotional part of the journey as a human and like Mm -hmm. staking too much identity in my dog and how that's affected me. I know that that's something that you are also really passionate about and have touched on a ton. Um, And just kind of that message of like how I have navigated that piece of it um, and separating her from me in a healthy Mm -hmm. way, like an open discussion about nature and nurture is really, really, really key to me. I still meet so many people who think it's either all in how you raise them or it's all in the breed. Like we had someone at the beach. When was it? I think a week ago, like last Friday, come up to us and ask us what kind of dog scout was because she was laying on a towel and Sean and I were like doing some squats and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also hilarious because Sean said she was an Australian cattle dog and the woman repeated back an Israeli shepherd dog. And I have, I, I've never <laughs> had the fight so hard to contain my laughter. She was so earnest and she yeah. was so sweet. Like she was the sweetest woman and I didn't want to laugh at her, but I was like, how, how did you get Israeli shepherd dog? So now scout yeah. is an Israeli shepherd dog. Anyway, she came over and she was asking us what kind of dog Scout was because her dog recently passed away and she's looking for a new dog and mm-hmm. Scout was really calm and she liked how calm Scout was being. And I was like, we taught her that. She's an- <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's an Australian cattle dog. Um, and then, you know, was trying to find the right balance of like, how do I tell you that what you're telling me that you live in a condo and you don't want a dog who barks and that you have a very quiet lifestyle probably don't get a cattle dog how do mm-hmm. I say that without being like a hoity-toity condescending yeah um whatever which ties really really well into the other 
key thing that I'd say in answer to this question, which is navigating life with a dog being respectful to all parties involved. Like that is a huge value of mine and just comes up time and time and time again. Like I need to respect Scout and understand who she is. Like, again, some of those things that are genetic or ingrained, like she has preferences, she has these things that I can help her grow, but fundamentally I need to respect like that. She's not going to be a, like, I don't think she's ever going to be a dog who is super excited to like greet strange dogs. And yeah. like, I need to respect that. And then also respecting myself, tying back into all of those emotions of like how I've dealt with some of the insecurity and whatnot that this has brought up and then being respectful to people around us. So like, sometimes I think that the advocate for your dog mentality actually goes a little too far. And it's like advocate for your dog by being an asshole to people in public, which like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we are at the end of our rope or someone is doing something stupid. And like a hundred percent, like I'm not trying to totally knock that. Like if a drunk guy comes up and tries to touch scout, like you bet your ass that I will be Mm -hmm. as intense as I need to be. But as much as possible, I really enjoy like trying to create overall positive interactions in public. So like this morning we were at a, a, the first time we went to a new workout class that's mostly targeted at moms. And so there were toddlers like everywhere. Yeah. And it was a great moment for me to think about like advocating for Scout is one of the things I care most about. Like that is one of the messages that I care about spreading more, more than almost anything. But I'm also not going to like be a dick to this toddler who's just yeah. excited that there's a puppy, <laughs> right? Like I'm not going to, you know, so it's a mix of maybe some casual like body blocking, like just moving with the toddler and like distraction and like all of these things. Um, And so I'm just really passionate about that intersection, I guess, like how we are fair to our dogs and empathetic to them. Mm -hmm. And then also setting everyone up for success. Like my hope is that when I tell someone that they actually can't interact with Scout, that like they leave the interaction feeling positive instead of feeling like, oh, that woman was a bitch because I think that creates a bigger impact. And again, Mm -hmm. we all have our moments. I am not at all saying that like I'm perfectly polite all the time or that I think anyone should be expected to be. But like, it's so much more impactful when I have a really polite interaction with someone and I'm like, actually like, um, you know, like she's a little shy. If you could ask before touching her next time, like that would be great. And like that tends, like, I I think anyway, I like to think Mm -hmm. that that results in more long-term change where the next time this person sees a dog, they'll be thinking of the nice girl and the scared dog last time. Whereas if I just like, call them a name or scream at them, it's easy for them to flip the narrative and be like this crazy person and her dog yelled at me. So I'm passionate about that. That got really long winded and it's very nuanced. And I always am afraid of like saying something that's too harsh because like, you know, my own emotional capacity dwindles sometimes. And I'm not trying to say like, everyone has to conduct themselves Mm -hmm. perfectly at all times. (laughs) Um, but I'm just so passionate about how we can live well with our dogs while also being like, like creating those small positive. Yes. Ripples. Yeah. I that makes sense. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think like what you were saying about having that like emotional, like separation from you and Scout, I think that really helps with like you, you figure that out first. And then I think it does make it easier to handle those interactions with other people. Yeah. And all of it as a whole, like everything that you just said, I feel like makes you very empathetic or more empathetic, like as 
as you and like other people continue to do this, I believe that they do become more empathetic and kind as an overall person, not just to dogs, but everyone in life or everything in life. That's the biggest thing. I think it can make a huge impact. Absolutely. That's great. Like, like when I was a kid with my childhood dogs, I would have been current me's nightmare and like realizing some of these things like growing with scout has forced me to be empathetic to her and to people who live with you know I I don't want to say challenging dogs I guess that maybe is the right word and then also being empathetic to the people who just don't know better like Mm -hmm. when I was 18 out there just like as a dog lover like I had no ill intent and I'm empathetic to who I used to be because like she meant well, but my goodness, she put some owners in nightmare positions. And like, that's helped me realize like, oh, like I can't expect everyone to know all of these things. And there's so many things that I don't know. And what am I going to think about in three years and be like, wow, 2022 Haley was dumb. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's like, it goes in all directions. Like I'm so much more empathetic to random dogs I see. And like, I'm more Mm -hmm. conscious of my body posture and like all of these little things. And then also like when someone does come up and they're just excited to see a dog, I'm more empathetic to oh yeah like you're not trying to cause an issue you this is like how can we navigate this in a way where no one ends up feeling super shitty and sometimes you're in a situation where you're just gonna feel shitty because like something yep. bad <laughs> happened um, but then you you've learned that resiliency and problem solving from navigating past experiences with with scout um, and yeah. in the dog world that I'm sure your bounce back has improved over time. That's what I'm most proud of Caroline. I'm so <laughs> proud of how fast scout recovers and I'm so <laughs> proud of how fast I recover. It's insane. I used to like, like an off leash dog would run at us and I'd be mad about it for like a week and a half and like not want to leave the apartment and feel devastated and like have no trust in human beings for like literally like a week. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, obviously still frustrating and scary and all of those things, but I can, I can like recognize like, oh, I have a choice right now yes. to hang on to this and make things worse for everyone. Or I can like process it a little and try to go do something enjoyable. And oh, that's, that's made me again, so much more empathetic to scout. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to recover sometimes, but I feel like that's the testament. Like we're all going to have moments that we're not proud of. Like us, our dogs, everyone. And if we can bounce back from those quickly, mm-hmm. like that's been a healthier goal for me than sure. trying to not have those moments at all. For sure. I think like the, the recovery period, um, with, with your dog and with yourself is something that I think more people should maybe start like tracking. I'm not necessarily saying like, write it down on a piece of paper, but just be conscious of it. Because it does make you feel better whenever you're like, okay, like Layla like reacted and then she was very on edge and alert and looking around and scanning the environment for two minutes instead of 20 minutes like she used to do, you know, six months ago. That's like a really big improvement for us. And so, and then I also do that with myself and it's made a really big difference in my confidence over time to just acknowledge that. So kind of going off of that, we, we talked about how you've, you've built up this resilience and problem solving, and I'm sure a million other different like characteristics from being a dog owner. Do you anticipate utilizing or have you utilized any of these skills 
moving into this transition and, and transitioning into like this journey of being your own boss? Definitely. It has been so scary. Um, I don't consider myself a very confident or brave person in many ways. Um, you know, the joke is that your dog is like you. And I think that's a bit of a problematic statement because of some of the things it implies, blah, blah, blah. I won't go on a tangent, but like, it definitely is, is true for us in some ways. And so a lot of the ways that I have helped scout grow have helped me help myself grow. And then this mm-hmm. is a decision that I would never have made. Like, like it was so hard. I cannot overstate how hard it was to tell my bosses at this wonderful company who have been so good to me that I'm leaving to go write about my dog and live in a van. It's like a super scary thing. I am super betting on myself and I've never felt like I am that great of a person to bet on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is like, a, I've grown a lot in that week too. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound super like sad. I don't know. Um, it, it's just been a huge confidence thing mm-hmm. for me and learning with Scout. And then also like we were talking about earlier, like with Bobby and Sean, like his support has been so huge. Um, but I feel like I, like the biggest thing I've learned that made this feel possible is I like to play the worst case scenario game a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me a lot with Scout. I think there are different types of people. Some people should not play this game. And like, I know a few of them and that's totally fine for me personally one of my favorite games because it really helps me put things in perspective. And so it's like with Scout, like what is the absolute worst thing that could conceivably happen in a situation and realizing that it's like, oh, you know, maybe an off-leash dog gets to her and we have a setback in the trust. And it's like actually not the end of the world has helped me with this where I was so, 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 so scared. And then I was like, well, what's the worst that happens? Like if this bombs, if I think that pause and reflect can be something that supports us and it's actually not like, what is the actual worst case scenario? And that line of thought, I feel like helps me be more resilient and helped me be Mm -hmm. a lot more confident where like, it is very scary. And I feel a lot of these emotions, but logically, again, I'm in such a a privileged and lucky place that I don't like, I just never would have made this decision a year ago, but it's actually not that extreme and dramatic of a decision. Like, I feel like I built it up in my head Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, like, this well, is for the sure. of my life. <laughs> it's, I think it's like a societal thing too, you know, yeah. because society is like, you need to be like comfortable. You need to, to have enough money. You need to, like, you mm-hmm. have this expectation, I guess. And so you, you broke the expectation or you like disrupted it. And so I think that comes into play too, with your mindset about everything. Yeah. And then also just like, I've had to process a lot of guilt and shame in owning Scout, um, unproductive shame and just feeling like my dog isn't normal and like, I'm not good enough. And like, I, you know, have a next door neighbor who does nothing with his dog and his dog is just like super social and solid and some like sometimes there are really negative feelings associated with that where it's like well what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. um and then guilt in very real senses of like oh like I let scout down like Mm -hmm. or I got frustrated with her or like I did this and I think that's been a really helpful skill too like being able to separate guilt and shame being able to think about the productive outcome of guilt like I did something that didn't align with my values. So how can I learn and, and use that uncomfortable feeling in my stomach productively? Because I've had a lot of guilt making this decision because the reality is that I am at home 
mm-hmm. with my dog, with no nine to five hanging over my head. I am free to go to a morning workout class. I am free to take Scout on a long walk. Sean is at his job working super yeah. hard on projects that don't always fulfill him. And yeah, like just, I feel like I had so much experience processing some of these emotions in the context of Scout that it's helped me handle it more productively now where like, sometimes I feel like, why the hell should I deserve to be spending my time in this way that I love so much? Like the last two weeks have been amazing. Like just have felt so freeing and wonderful. And I can feel really guilty. Like why me? Like Sean's way more supportive and like balanced than I am. Like he's the one who deserves to be totally pursuing his passion and like he's the one at work and just like navigating those emotions is a skill set that absolutely came so much from Scout. Yeah, for sure. And just like being able to feel the uncomfortable, like regardless of if it's from the guilt or like an experience or, or from frustration, just whatever, like just feeling uncomfortable and moving through that is such a skill. Such Huge a skill. skill. Mm-hmm. Apparently my voice sounded agitated because Scout ran right in here. Whenever I like talk <laughs> about emotional things, like she comes running from the room she's in to like check. Oh, make sure everything's okay. Sweet, but also like, yeah, she doesn't need to be that sensitive to me. Sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, oops, I did not mean to stress you out. I promise yeah. I'm fine. Like you're all, oh, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> so last two questions. What are you most looking forward to in having a career path inspired by and, and filled with dogs? You've, you've touched on this a little bit. So I know like, well, one, it's going to give you so much freedom, so much more like alignment in, in what you do and how, like what your passions are. And you've also talked a little bit about like the education of like just educating mm-hmm. other people. So is that like how you would wrap it all up. I think so. Yeah. Like definitely at an emotional level, it's very fulfilling for me. Mm -hmm. And that feels great. I like, again, I did not hate my job by any means, but the work I was doing just wasn't that fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so selfishly emotionally, like really looking forward to that. And then at the impact level, like thinking about that small incremental change, like those seeds that I might be able to plant and like maybe someone else will water them a little bit. And like, we can create some more good in human relationships with dogs overall. Um, And then one thing that I'm actually really looking forward, I I got this a little bit just working remotely for a while. Um, It's very good for me to do things alone with Scout. Sometimes we use Sean as a crutch. And so this is twofold where it's very healthy for me to have time during the day to take her somewhere all on my own and practice that confidence and that ability. And then also like Sean and I love Scout and do a ton of things with her, but it's really important to me that we also have our relationship and not to get like morbid at the end of the podcast. But the reality is that I plan to spend my entire life with Sean mm-hmm. and there's going to come a point where we don't have scout. And it's really important to me that I continue to nurture that relationship with him. And, in its and own with yourself too. Like you will always yeah. have yourself too. Exactly. And so it's healthy for me to have a little bit more freedom during the day where like, I don't have to be available on Slack or email all the time. I can block off time. I can fulfill Scout, enjoy that time with her. And then when 
Sean gets home, we can decide, hell yeah, we want to do more with Scout because we love her and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Or I don't feel any guilt about like, nope, we're going to leave you home for six hours and like go do something just the two of us. And so that's a, like, that's a logistical thing that I'm very much looking forward to because what I do with her now is like work. It used to be, I'm taking a lunch break to go do this with Scout and it's totally separate. And now it's like every experience that I continue to have with her is more fodder for reflection and writing and all of these things. And so it's just like two birds with one stone or two dogs yeah. with one bone or however you oh want to gosh, say it. Like, funny. I think there was a PETA <laughs> thing a while ago that like wanted everyone to change the phrases that were. There was. There was. Yeah. Yeah. And so Sean always <laughs> jokes that we should say two dogs get one bone instead of the anyway yeah unrelated. that's so, like, funny just, though. I've never yeah, heard I feel that. excited about that <laughs> so it's it's like I say you know this is going to be a career path inspired by and, and filled with dogs but really like it's it's just as much about filling up your dog's cup and filling mm-hmm. up other dog owners cup as it is about filling up your own personal cup mm-hmm. and and like that that comes into play with like your relationship with Sean as well Definitely. Definitely. And like, I get to go to the shelter now. Like I went there Mm -hmm. twice this week for more than two hours each time. And I wasn't like worried about being late to a meeting. And I wasn't having to do that on a weekend when they have more volunteers on weekends anyway. So like at a very impact level, I helped the shelter more by being able to go on a weekday. And also like Sean is fantastic and has become more of a dog person. He does not want to spend his Saturday at the shelter and that is fine. And so it, it, yeah, just like all of those logistics, like it's been so great to be able to allocate my days in different ways and like time things so that I get to do many of these things that I enjoy, um, but just kind of set it up so that they're like working together and not detracting from each other. And also I slightly regret that these videos never get posted anywhere because Layla has been really cute in the background. She, like, she's been like, she, she is adorable. She's just look been, at she's her. Been good. She's been pretty good. I will say that. Yeah. She's been yes. great. Oh, here she comes. She wants to give oh, me yeah. a hug now. Thanks for the, so. for the listeners who can't hear. She is all <laughs> up on Caroline giving kisses and waggy tail and it is precious. She's giving me huggies. Yes. Sometimes whenever I'm like not doing anything, I, love her. I will scoot this back. I'll do it for you at the end. And she'll come up here and just sit on my lap like a baby. Oh, I know. I, I really baby her sometimes. I love her. I love her. <laughs> okay, Layla, come to be quiet. <laughs> she got this new toy. She's really excited about it. Oh, look at her. It was for Make Christmas so from my mom. It's that a, makes me so happy. The red and green tug, circle, circular tug. So she's excited about it. It's like her Christmas toy. But adorable. Okay, to wrap it all up. So last but not least, I try to ask this <laughs> on every podcast, as long as I remember, you know. <laughs> what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? Yeah, I love I love this question. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I think my answer is similar to the first time that I got to be on your podcast. Um, but selfishly, it is super good for me to be around more dogs, like whether at the shelter or like just like this, like seeing friends' dogs who are more vocal because I have an emotional response to Scout's vocalizations because they almost only ever happen in a context where she is scared or uncomfortable. 
And like, I always really appreciate when I am exposed to a dog who is making noise, but like, they're fine because I think it's helpful. You know, we talk about exposure for our dogs. Yeah. That's a good thing for me because Scout will growl and sometimes bark during play, but like she pretty much only ever barks when something is wrong. And so I get very Oh, triggered. Layla is so dramatic. She's very beautiful <laughs> during play. <laughs> uh, and so like that's really, that's really good for me to just be like, oh my gosh, yeah, like barks aren't always bad and some of that ties back to you know when your dog is reactive in a way that involves barking you start to feel like all noise is bad Um, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh but anyway um back to this question I really like this question I thought about it a ton um like I said I think my answer is similar to the last time I was on um but I like to be honest I've resisted the dog mom label quite a bit in the past because I associated it with sort of unproductive anthropomorphism or like sometimes even like dangerous anthropomorphism and like I just had these feelings about that and then I've really started to embrace it lately it's a label I will say yep and I've really really started to embrace it more lately though um in the sense that like Sean and I don't currently plan on having human children and I will never equate scout to a human child mm-hmm. then it's really important to me that like things are species appropriate and that I am being kind and empathetic and like you know all of those things like I'm not going to walk up to the workout class that we went to this morning and like tell the women with their toddlers that scout's the same yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like being aware of that at the same time I parent scout like I have started to get really comfortable with this term like when I think about what parenting means to me and my personal definition like I like scout will be a juvenile her whole life like Mm -hmm. that's how we've bred dogs to retain juvenile traits forever like biologically she will be a juvenile her whole life who needs me to guide her through the world and I want her to be fulfilled and have a positive impact on society. And like the exact same things that I'd want for a human kid, I want for her just tweaked with a species appropriate lens. Like I'm not thinking that Scout's going to be president or something or like, (laughs) you know, she sleeps in a crate and like, there's all of these things that are on the surface so drastically different. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've, I've really come to embrace the term a bit more and like to acknowledge that what I do is, like, like a lot of parenting and it's largely yes. to you that I've started to get more comfortable with that. Cause like probably a year and a half ago, I like, if someone were to call me a dog mom, like I'd be polite, it would be fine. But inside I'd be really like, like, no, 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 no. Cringy. Yeah. Like don't do that. And now I'm kind of like, nah, like I am like, I very much am like the workout class I went to was literally for moms to be clear they say that anyone can come it's not like I mm-hmm. you know I didn't break any rules or anything um and you're already like normally going to this like yoga class yeah, yeah. Anyways, like, or like the the other yoga class and then this one was yeah so like moms. we go on Wednesdays for yoga and then Monday is like a burn boot camp and then they have one on Fridays that's for moms I haven't gone to it before because I was feeling like I'm not a mom like can I relate and then finally like I just went this morning I did not feel out of place at all I was paying as much attention to Scout as everyone else was to their kids. I was helping her navigate the situation. Like, again, I'm not trying to say that she is a human kid. Like, But at the same time, I 
I don't know. It felt good to just embrace it and to be like, I am a dog mom, like for sure. (laughs) Yeah. There are so many parenting qualities that come from owning a dog. I got called out by, by my therapist. (laughs) I love it. I was telling her, I was like, you know, I really struggle sometimes with putting in all of my efforts with Layla. And then we have a mix up and like, she, you know, maybe she had a reaction, like whatever the case may be. And I see that as a reflection of myself because of all of the training and effort that I put into her. And it's really hard sometimes to, for that to not affect my self-worth. And she goes, you know what that sounds like? And I was like, what? And she goes, parenting. I was like, oh God, please. Like, (laughs) I was like, this is why I don't think I like, I'm ready or maybe not even want to have kids Mm -hmm. because it's like, I see how much Layla affects me. And I have had to work on that a lot. And because of that, I don't know if I'm like physically able or like capable to like handle a human child. So it's like, it does have a lot of parenting qualities that come along with it, but we put the dog in front of the mom and it does mean something different. Yeah. Like, like what all the things that you, you've talked about, but I thought it was funny that she, she called me out on my bullshit. She was like, that sounds like parenting. I'm like, Oh, thanks for calling me out. (laughs) I can't remember who said it once, but honestly, it might've just been like post somewhere or maybe a friend sent it to me that sometimes therapists are just like common sense filters where like, we like we get <laughs> these funny. ideas in our heads and we we just think that things are a certain way because that's what society makes us feel or we've internalized like this that and the other thing and how helpful it is to sometimes just have someone being there like like I think the example that they were talking about was someone saying that they don't like they really struggle to eat enough food during the day like they have issues like yeah keeping track of that and that they just they don't feel forget. Yeah. They forget. Or like, it's too hard to like sit down and make a lunch. And so their therapist Mm -hmm. was like, well, why do you have to make a sandwich? How about you grab a handful of cheese and some lunch meat and just eat it standing in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. they were like, cause that's not like, that's not how you eat lunch. And you know, the therapist was just like, why, like, why, why do you think that that can't be? Um, And I, I think about that often. And then I just love everyone's stories of the different ways like that they call us out on what we need to be called out on and then just help remind us like how many things in our world are arbitrary distinctions that like we have just latched on yes and like yeah like like you're saying like that sounds very much like parenting like they're you know you don't always have to navigate through all of this red tape and like disclaimer sometimes you can just be like oh yeah like that's what this is for sure for sure okay very long-winded episode Thanks for coming on, Haley. My bad. <laughs> it is all okay. It's shorter than so I, isn't it? What is it? I think it? it's shorter than our last one. I think. Oh, it is. It okay. is. It's gonna be shorter so, than our last so one. So we're we're I am improving incrementally. We're improving yeah, a little bit. I've had to like work on this too, like making sure that my questions are like concise and that I like try to to do like less questions so it's on me too you you are a fantastic interviewer I don't know how you it's fantastic yeah thank you thank you I appreciate that okay so thank you so much for coming on 
Haley, where can everyone find you? We are on Instagram at pause, like P-A-W-S and then dot and reflect. Um, and then our website is pauseandreflect.blog. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much for, for coming on. Everyone check out Haley and her Instagram and blog, and I will see you next week. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today. Bye.